0: fourth episode of Black eyed Stand. My name is Joy.
1: I'm Jarrell. I'm Courtney. I'm Maya. And I'm Ashton.
0: We are going to talk about Today we're going to do um folklore talking about Halloween and different like things that people are taught of like in the spirit of Halloween such as like superstition and like folklore and just going into that deep
2: stuff. So to start, we have Blacklight News. So we have a 16-year-old girl named Sydney Dion Bennett. She won Miss, Miss Teen Illinois this past week. Yeah, about a week ago. Um, she's the first African American to ever win this, uh, to ever win Miss Illinois in well, Illinois. <laughs> and this pageant's been around for 34 years, and I think it's really good to have more um, people of color winning in places where they obviously, like, haven't... Ha- they aren't represented. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. This was specifically that state? Yeah. Oh. Specifically, yeah, there. That's 34 the years. That's really good. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. And I guess there were... Her and her friends had all, like, joined it together, and then they didn't even know that that an African-American had never won until the night before the final night of the pageant, so, like, multiple days. So she was, like, super shocked. It didn't even, like, hit her for a few days. Mm-hmm. That's
0: crazy, yeah. that's really good, though I mean to hear something like that. You don't hear that that often, so that's really good to hear mm-hmm. um this week, our movie of the week was candyman um, it was I was kind of scared. I'm not gonna lie <laughs> I can't watch gang movies by myself, so I mean i I kind of freaked out but um Ashton, you want to kind of like give us a review of Candyman a little bit
3: my this is actually one of my like personal favorite war movies. Um, I don't know, just because I, th- I find, like, the subject matter interesting, and I'm always just, like, a fan, even though it's not, like, a real, um, tale or, like, a legend, but I like, kind of, like, that framing of it. Um, my review, I would say, I'd give it, if I were to give it a number, maybe, like, a 7.5, um, just because, I guess this is just a personal preference in that, like, the framing, was kind of around I don't I don't like when like the movies kinda of, like perpetuate this always like oh this like projectsy kind of like thing mm-hmm. where it's always like poor black people. Like I would appreciate it if was <laughs> a horror movie right. that was just like starring black people but it didn't necessarily have to do with like right. their I don't know. Not always show the negative standard. side yeah, of us in true. these movies. Yeah. Um but yeah I just I that's pretty much it for me as far as the movie. How did you guys feel about it?
4: I know Candyman has always sort of reminded me of Bloody Mary, mm-hmm. like looking in the mirror three times. Oh, dear God. <laughs> um, so, even watching it years past, I know I definitely made that like connection. I don't know, he never really scared me. Yeah. I never take him seriously, it was almost like a comedic thing for mm. me and my friends. But I mean, it's still entertaining, I enjoyed it. Mm.
3: Always, I kind of like, oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I always kind of liked um, <laughs> kind of like the, I don't know if this is a proper term, but like cinematography in that movie. Um, <laughs> in that, like, it always, it feels kind of dreamy how, like, they frame the certain shots. Like, it's, like, kind of surreal. So I like that about the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I remember watching this movie when I was a kid, and like you said, it didn't really, like, scare us back then. It was kind of like, oh, wow, there's fine like a Lee like, black horror movie, you know, once we got older. But I will say, like, we were just talking about, like, the different shots they showed and, like, the projects and stuff. If you go back to that one scene where I think, um, what was her name, Helen was looking out the window and she was just talking about how the different projects have changed That where you have the condos on one side and then the get on this side. It kind of felt, like, a little bit surreal when you compare it to, like, now as we look at it. It's like, hey there's a little bit of gentr actually, a lot of gentrification going on, where you have that side of the world that's talking about, like, oh, look, we can go on this nice side, but then they go to that other side, we don't have to worry about that. Because you remember that one scene where she was coming out the car, about to investigate the apartment, and she's like, oh, you want to come with me, or you want to just lock the car real quick? Because they're watching <laughs> us, you know? So, right. I thought, besides, of course, it's a horror movie, but it definitely sparks, like, a conversation about, like, okay, those different dynamics or those roles, like, specifically having those gangster roles on that side or the hood on that side, and then here she go, just like, oh, the ever-going ever college student just, like, just oblivious to what's going on, you know? But, um, yeah, but how'd you just feel just overall with his arc, though, like, just him having a hook and stuff? How'd you feel about that, Ashton? Just About him having a hook? Just the hook as a hand, just as, like, killing and stuff. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, because,
0: you know how, like, he, like, had a hook for a hand, like, actual, like, Captain Hook kind of thing? <laughs> yeah. Like, how'd you feel about that?
1: compared to like Jason and then Fred it's like the um, weapon yeah. choice. I'm Just like to say.
3: The, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean it's an interesting weapon choice. I like when horror movies aren't cliche. I mean you don't really see a lot of slashers, so you can't really compare that now because there's a lot of like paranormal mm-hmm. horror movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um yeah I, I guess I like the weapon of choice. <laughs> 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 um, but I will definitely um, I mean the director Clive Barker, he makes he makes another really good horror movie Hellraiser, like the Hellraiser series. Mainly the first one. Don't watch the entire one. That's the one that has <laughs> pinhead in it. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, he's very like creative when it comes to horror movies compared mm-hmm. to like the usual kind of like butcher knife slish slash type of things. Right. Mm,
5: yeah.
3: Right. I definitely appreciate that. So it definitely had like a little more originality to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: That seemed really interesting. I mean, the movie was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I wouldn't watch by myself, but I'll watch it i watch it again, <laughs> just talk about myself. Um you know, like w- now we're gonna talk about folklore and kind of just like different stories we have and like what we've heard about it and the subject. So who would like to start us off with that? Four
3: folklore. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I could start this off with like a little anecdote. But um when I was I wanna say fifteen, um just as far as like my cultural background, my grandparents are from Guyana and I've always kind of been interested in the mythology and folklore and things like that. So like one day I just kind of asked them like, are there any stories like that you guys are familiar with? Because my mom never really told me nothing that was like connected to that as far as like stories and folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, So they told me a few. I'm trying to like regurgitate them from my memory. But um, there was the Baku. Um, Which was the, he was like a little troll type of man that would like run around the house and like change things. And he lived off of bananas and milk. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And there was um, Bush die. This one I actually researched on myself. This wasn't from them. But she's basically, it's very similar to like a succubus. Um, She's a very like beautiful woman. And she seduces um, minors in forest. Not minors like kids, but like minors like, I'm thinking. thing. (laughs) Um, but she basically seduces them and then she transforms into usually a jaguar but sometimes a bat and she'll basically eat them. There's the old hag, um, which is basically an old woman by day, but she turns into kind of like a fireball at night. She like strips off all her skin and she sets the blood through children and babies. And then lastly, the last one they told me about was Moon Gazer. He's pretty much just like really tall man um, he comes out at the full moon, and he basically just stares at it like all night. Um, and if you you're not supposed to like disturb him or anything, because he'll either like knock you down basically, or he'll like every time you try to go somewhere, he'll block your path, so you're kind of like stuck in that forever. And so we just kind of wanted to talk about different things like that because it is the month of October, um, Halloween's coming up, and we like to tell scary stories. But I also did. Um, just research other folklore, like specifically African American folklore, which I thought was interesting. And there's obviously, I don't know if you guys have heard Brer Rabbit, Are you guys mm, You guys have been um, on like, Splash Mountain, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're, that, that was based off of this movie Song of the South, which was based off of this collection of folktales by, um, I forgot the name of the author, but he's basically collected a bunch of folktales from. Um, to mostly African American slaves and kind of compressed them into this book. It was narrated by um, this character that he invented called Uncle Remus which was supposed to be like a slave on a plantation which was kind of a little bit controversial because it's a little, kind of the way that the dialect that he put into that book was kind of a little bit racist. Hmm. But um, Br'er Rabbit basically came from West African tradition and it's um, a trickster figure which is common in a lot of mythology and folklore. Basically, um, it's kind of has the same type of story where the smaller person overtakes the larger kind of entity. And that kind of um, evolved into this series of stories called um, John and Old Master, who was basically a slave and a master. And they would get into like all different types of situations. Yeah. And then I'm sure you guys are familiar with John Henry. Yeah. just for those of you who aren't familiar, he would... There's a story about a, um... He basically... Man, I don't know how to um, tell this one. He drilled into this mountain. Um, and it was basically a competition between him and this steel-powered hammer, and he won, but eventually, um, died because of, like, the stress. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those were a few tales that I just thought were interesting that i like to share. Um, do you guys have any opinions on, like, folklorian, African-American, or just black in general.
4: I know for the succubus one, I had heard of that um, from my grandma, but that's mm. more of like a religious thing, I think. Yeah. Um, she had talked about like soul ties being formed and like premarital sexual relations and how like, I guess, a derivative of that is, like, a succubus spirit Mm -hmm. that'll, like, come in and, like, sleep with you, um, unknowingly to you, and it kind of, like, manifests itself in the form of, like, wet dreams and different things like that. She's, like, it's really just a spirit Mm -hmm. on top of you, and I'm, like, Mm. that's creepy. Right. Like, that's really weird. (laughs) Right. Um. (laughs) And just, um, I know for me, I have, what is it called? When you're sleeping, but you're like... Sleep paralysis? Conscious. Yeah, sleep mm-hmm. Oh, I hate sleep. that. I get yeah. that all the time. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I know, like, my aunt has, like, equated it to... She's like, that's a devil sitting on your chest or whatever.
5: Like, uh,
4: what? I've heard that. I've I heard it. I have researched that, it. but I was like, I don't no, think it's mean. literally the devil. And she was like, Well, no. She, you need to get right with the Lord. You know how black people are with that. You need to get right with God if somebody something is visiting you mm-hmm. at night. Or whatever. Right. I'm like, okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because mm-hmm. I've heard that too, and it's always paired with that one painting called the Nightmare. Have you, yeah, and it's like yeah. the, literally a devil sitting on like a woman's chest.
4: And it's, like, a little devil,
3: too. Mm-hmm. Crouch that. We were learning about it in art history. I forgot the name of the artist. Hmm. Yeah, also, I've
0: always heard that one. That, that yeah. Mm-hmm. I never got that one. I mean, like, as a kid, it's just like, okay, so being watched or being stalked. Like, <laughs> right. what is this? But, I mean, like, I've always heard that one. That's, like, the only one I've probably, like, ever heard. I just never, like, researched it enough, you know? I guess I, like, dug deep into it. I kind of just, like, grew out of it. Just like, okay, that's not real, you know? Type of thing that's just me
3: have you guys had like your parents tell you any like sort of stories or is it just like
2: i mean my grandma used to tell me like if you sweep over someone's feet you gotta like throw rice over your shoulder (laughs) or if you like break a mirror then like you know the bad luck thing or if you put a blanket over it like you'll be fine
4: um i thought you had to spit on the broom that's what my grandma told me like you sweep over someone's feet spit on the broom she would never tell me, like, why. <laughs> <laughs> why spit on it? I always thought that was very really yeah. nasty, too. Right. Like,
3: spit on the girl. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of appreciate just hearing that kind of stuff because I like keeping, like, tradition in rotation, I guess. Um,
5: yeah.
3: I mean, all types of... Pretty much all folklore is pretty much di- kind of, like, disappearing because, like, we're going into a new age, obviously. But um, I feel like specifically... Um, we don't really keep up with African-American folklore just because it's a little bit obscure compared to, like, other communities. Right. So I just, like, kind of, like, researching Mm -hmm. and looking into those things.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. And I also think there's almost this attitude of it kind of being nonsense. Mm -hmm. Whereas, I don't know, I feel like sometimes in other communities it's more not the same attitude, but more of, like, it's a part of our culture, and we kind of, like, entertain it, not that they really believe it, whereas maybe sometimes we have the tendency to kind of just be, like, yeah, right, like, whatever right. to that, mm-hmm. but I do agree with what you're saying, how we should try to retain it, because mm-hmm. it's special.
3: Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that kind of holds a lot of communities to pick, excuse me, together, <laughs> um, I don't know, just, like, observing my friends, because I have, like, a few, like, Hispanic friends. Like one year, we went to Halloween Horror Nights and they had La Yerona as a maze, and they were all like connecting with stories about that. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. I don't have any. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely I mean like for me personally I don't like celebrate Halloween just because it's been like more of like a religious thing you know like my parents always taught me like it's like the worship of the devil you know like whatever stuff like that so I don't I never celebrated it but I have like heard like other people's stories and kind of like you know like other people's folklore about that and I'm just like okay mm-hmm. it's, that's nice you know like I've heard it I'm just like I just never like dug deep into it yeah.
3: mm. I feel like I'm the opposite like my parents never really cared about like, the religious part. Like, they let me celebrate Halloween, so... Right.
4: Yeah. I feel like I got a little bit of both. I think my my parents are religious, but they weren't, like, fanatics or anything. Right. So And I I definitely know my dad is of the mind that, like, yeah, we're religious, but like, his parents weren't growing up, so he had, like, a secular upbringing, Mm -hmm. and so he's kind of like, certain things are just fun, and you guys are gonna do them. But I know I've always kind of had like that interest to do the things that you're really not supposed to, like the tarot or palm reading. I haven't, but like there's always that interest there. But it, my grandma's just like don't.
0: Right. I've had, had a lot of like, that interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of that interest, but I've never done it, but I had a lot of interest. Right.
3: My mom has always been kinda like like she is Catholic, but she's always been kind of, um, I don't know, like adventurous. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, trying new things, and she, like, she'll go to, like, palm readers and get, like, her palms read and stuff. Like, she doesn't care. And she thinks, like, there's some sort of other, like, spiritual attribute to, like, those types of things. Like, like she thinks that they could be, like, true in a way. So,
4: oh, I definitely I think, believe they're true. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But Absolutely. I know my grandma is just like, they're true, but we don't know where that information comes from. Right. And she always talks about, like, opening a window or a door that you're not able to close Mm -hmm. and I always because I'm into like horror films and I think like the supernatural ones are the ones that get to me the most so I'm Mm -hmm. kind of like I don't even know how to deal with things like that right so yeah I always am just like well I guess I won't just because I don't want to end up with a door that I can't close
1: (laughs) (laughs) right definitely definitely I even remember coming up my mom was getting me (laughs) into horror films coming up and she didn't really care about, like, you know, go have some fun out there, dress up, you know, the whole night as a kid. But as I got older and stuff, just like my grandma as well, I was like, don't talk about, like, demonic spirits and all that. Like, don't even bring that up in the household, you know. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting to have that different dynamic right there. But as a kid, it was just like, no, it was harmless fun and stuff. But coming up, I did have a friend that was, like, really, like, into his um cultural-based aspects, too. And his parents would tell him, like, hey, no, we can't do this, can't do that, don't celebrate basically just don't celebrate any of these holidays. So when Halloween would come up, he would probably be like that one kid that just didn't dress up and stuff because how the parents taught him. But from my aspect, it's like, from what you are saying, Ash, it's like, I still think, even though it's kind of like going away right now, it's still something we should at least just be aware about. Like this was mm-hmm. something, this was our culture basically. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like let the kids come up, learn on their own. and when they get older, then they decide whether or not they want to keep learning more and more about this as they get to college or something. But I mean, you just take it however you want to take it about Halloween or any other type of holiday.
3: I definitely mm-hmm. think that's like a cool thing to do even if you didn't necessarily grow up with something to like learn <laughs> about certain stories and then kind of tell that to like your kids or tell that to like your, your nephews or things like that mm-hmm. because it kind of keeps that tradition alive. Absolutely. Yeah, storytelling apparently was a very, um, especially oral storytelling was a very mm-hmm. intricate part, very like important part of like West African culture.
5: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So, that would be nice to kind of bring back a bit.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Um, I think it's a good time now to move into our main discussion, which is basically the defense of black women.
4: Okay, so um, you guys may or may not have heard about the Kanika Jenkins story circulating. A um, 19 year old girl was found in a freezer. At a Chicago hotel. Uh, however, her death has since been ruled an accident by the Cook County medical examiner. Uh, but I would really like to focus on some of the reactions prior to this um, new development that her death was an accident. Uh, there were all sorts of sort of uh, all sorts of conspiracy theories and opinions about how her death happened or why it happened. And so I just want to read to you guys some of the reactions um, that were on Twitter. One man tweeted, you can't be going out dressed like that at 11 p.m. of Kanika Jenkins. Um, One woman tweeted, it doesn't matter what she wore, if she didn't say yes to his sexual advances, even if she was butt-ass naked, it's rape, no discussion. Um, Questions about whether her female friends were responsible. Tweets to reinforce that were reasons you don't hang out with envious friends when you're the most beautiful in the group. Um, let's see, I always thought my mama hated all my friends, but now I see your parents can really see your fake friends before you do. And then countering that, or does the blame lie solely with the person who performs the critical act? Rape culture is when men rape and murder a young woman and people's main focus is pick your friends wisely, uh, another tweeter wrote, why was the moral of the story? Be careful of who you call your friends and not teach men not to be predatory rapists. Um, So I really want to focus on that idea as well. Uh, Malcolm X once said, the black woman is the most disrespected woman in America, the most unprotected person in America, uh, the most neglected person in America. And I would really like to explore the idea that black women are victimized And they have a lack of protection specifically from black men and this is an issue because the inaction or in some cases perpetuation regarding violence against black women is a plague on our community that prohibits its progression Um, i don't necessarily think that we can talk about external issues outside of our community without first working on some of the issues within the community this being A very important one and I don't want this to be misconstrued as me coming down on black men but I also don't want to be passive when it comes to calling accountability to an issue that often gets overlooked so I just want to open up the conversation um, to those of us who are present and see what everyone's opinions are regarding whether or not they feel that black men are doing their part to support black women and make sure that they feel safe?
3: Um, I feel as though, um, just to touch on like what you said previously, how you said that we can't um, address issues outside of our community for the ones that we have within it. I mean, I do think that both can kind of be addressed at the same time, but I, I still think that that's kind of like a problem. Um, Especially, did you guys read out the um, the case of Karen Smith? I think it happened this year in April.
4: No, no, no. no. Um,
3: she was shot by her husband, a black woman shot by her black husband, um, April eighth, two thousand seventeen, because she was planning to leave him um, and divorce him, and she he ended up actually shooting um, two children in her classroom because she was at her own job. Yeah.
4: I'd like to briefly reinforce that um, by pointing out the CDC reports that Black women experience the highest rate of homicides in the United States, and nearly half of them are killed by an intimate partner. Mm. Um, And many of these Black women are with Black men, Mm -hmm. so definitely that's an issue. I know, especially in this new era of—I don't want to even say a new era of police brutality; just a new era of more publicized police brutality right. Right. that black women are the victims of this but again going back to the idea that you know how can we feel safe in the streets and outside of our community if we're being victimized within our community like we really need to start holding one another accountable for the violence that we enact against one another so that we can move forward as a people and kind of you know, stop the violence that happens to us outside, okay.
3: from the outside. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely... Um, you notice, like, a lot of the male victims of police brutality are called... have attention caused to those, like, a lot of them. Um, and you don't see that same kind of backing with the murder of black women. Right. So I think, I don't know, it's just kind of interesting to observe. Um, I did read an article by a woman Brittany Daniel for Ebony. She um, basically kind of posted a thread on Twitter of 15 black women that had been murdered by their intimate partners. And they, um, she basically garnered the same reaction as the Kanika Jenkins um, story. Like, it was mostly positive, but there was also things like, um, kind of like things basically blaming the victim of the crime. And I think that's maybe an effect of like masculinity, and as far as like black men, and straight black men specifically, but all of, still. Um, yeah.
4: And I'd like to add to what you had said about uh, the publicization of crimes against black women not being as publicized as black men, um, even with movements to support. You know the dismantling of a system that facilitates that Mm -hmm. black lives matter was founded by three black women um, and because black women were not receiving the same coverage as black men's deaths they had to start the say her name hashtag Mm -hmm. um, which even did not even like it didn't even garner as much support as the black lives matter movement has and i think that it's really kind of sad that there has to be a sub movement for women because not enough people want to come out and support their lives too so and i was specifically talking about black men black women are willing to show up march in the streets for you um defend you but when it comes to us you're kind of nowhere to be found or silent this is an issue
1: Basically, like hidden in the background, like not really stepping up and saying your part. Well, even
4: historically speaking, um, we can take it back all the way to the 1960s. I know a lot of people often see our leaders, such as Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, at the forefront, but a lot of people don't talk about how women were organizers and facilitators of that movement. And in fact, I was reading an article about how during, I think, a March-March, or a March-March, a March, (laughs) in March, I believe, um, where they wanted to have women speakers speak. They were actually met with combativeness because they felt like women were trying to make it more about sexism than racism, and women at that time decided that they would just get behind. Uh, dismantling or trying to combat racism because they felt that that was a bigger issue, and I feel like that's just one of the examples where black women often will kind of, you know, put their issues to the side or sidestep uh, themselves in order to make a way for black men, but they're not, they're not black men don't reciprocate in this, they don't reciprocate. Mm-hmm. I mean, in
0: my opinion, it's kind of just, like, so if it's, like, a relationship thing, it's, like, okay, like, we're your wife, we stand beside you, you know, and it's, like, you know, like, we care for you, we do all this stuff for you, like, we'll go to war for you, but then, like, when it comes to, like, defending us, it's kind of, like, so we're not beside you, we're behind you, and it's just, like, you don't give us the same affection and love and, like, care and like you don't you don't you're not willing to take a bullet for us and it's kind of like i'm not saying like that's all black men but like that's what it looks like right now like that's the majority and it's kind of like really like sad and irritating because it's just like like that could be like one of us you know like in the fu- in the near future for like the women that are in here and it's kind of just like there has to be something done there has to be a change somewhere along the line it has to start with like something in somebody because it's not it's never gonna stop you know and it's just like even, I'm thinking about, like, not only, like, our generation, but, like, the generation coming up. Because that's even worse, and that's even scarier. Because they're watching us right now, and it's just, like, all you see is, like, a lot of black girls, like, having babies at 13, 14 years old. Whenever, and it's kind of like, so who's who's going to stand beside you? Like, oh, he said he loves you, but then where is he at? He's nowhere to be found. You know, it's kind of just, like... You know? And it's just like, you don't have that same like protection and like kind of like, I'll stick with you because you stuck by me type of feeling. It's
1: almost like a one-sided relationship, right? yeah. yeah, very one-sided, yeah.
0: very one-sided.
3: Yeah. I, was, oh, I just wanted to touch on the statistic that you gave earlier about um, black women comprising most of the homicides in America, was it?
4: Not most, um, okay. just a very high rate yeah. of homicides in America.
3: Did you also, I, I read that they, it was a similar statistic, but it also included that black women only make up 13% of the female population in America.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: So I think like both mm-hmm. of those wow. put together like it's really significant kind of shows like the effect that that has kind of.
4: Yeah, but it's such a small population, yet but they're comprising so many deaths. Mm-hmm.
3: Exactly.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, did anyone... I want, or I wanted to touch on something that Joy had said about, I think it had to do with relationships, and I think that's a good segue to talk about um, the mentality going back to some of the Twitter responses. Um, The medical examiner did say that Jenkins was not sexually assaulted, but prior to there was a lot of speculation. and. like I said, conspiracy, conspiracy theories saying that she had been, uh, but some of the reactions about that were like, you know, she couldn't be dressed a certain way, or she shouldn't have been drinking this much, or she shouldn't have been doing that, this and that. Um, and I really wanted to talk about that idea specifically as it relates to black men and women, because I myself have been c- encountering a lot of opinions about what women deserve, who has an entitlement to her body. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really kind of disturbing some of the things that, some of the feedback that I've been receiving from my male counterparts as far as like, as a woman, you should be doing this, or I deserve this from you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily know where that comes from, uh, but I do know that one Twitter person wrote, that you know black fathers and mothers need to be kind of socializing their sons at a very young age that about consent and the idea that they you don't have ownership over a woman's body like
3: Mm. you don't belong Mm -hmm. to you Um,
4: and I also wonder if the way black women are portrayed in the media and in our music is that contributing to this idea that we're no more than sex objects. Contributing to this idea that we're not sentient beings that deserve to be heard and listened to when we say no, Um, it's creating kind of this desensitization as far as you are a human being and not a commodity. So I wanted to see what you guys' take was on that.
0: I mean, I think that the music and, like, how we're portrayed in the media definitely has an effect on it because it's kind of like with some people, they kind of act on what they see or what they hear. Or, like, even with music, especially, like, you have all these provocating, you know, lyrics, and it's just like, some people are like, oh, I only listen to the beat, or I don't really listen to the words. And it's kind of like, well, if you did actually listen to the words, what would you think of the song? Because it's kind of like, it could be talking about your girlfriend or, like, whoever, and it's kind of just like, even if you mouth the words like you're not actually like listening or paying attention to like what you're saying it's kind of just like do you agree with it like Mm -hmm. what what do you like you know like what do you think about this because if you actually take time like look at the lyrics read them go over them like hey that's provocative or hey that's not right or like you know stuff like that like little things like people actually do really do like get influenced about like what they hear like what they see in the media and it's just like i feel like some people don't Really care as much as they should because, like, oh, this stuff is an everyday thing. Like, we're so used to saying this, like, we're numb to it. And so, like, we don't have the same reaction that we should have.
2: I feel like music doesn't influence. I mean, like, I think it does, but I don't think it's as much as some people want to just pin it on that. Personally, because I feel that. Okay, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Like, I'm just, okay, like an example, like, I, f- I don't believe that, like, oh, this is a, this is an example on violence. Like, oh, like, if you play a lot of violent games, you're going to be a violent person. Like, I don't believe that. I feel like mm-hmm. it's all in how you're raised. And then that how you're raised is what you believe in, how you act, and stuff like that. Right.
1: Okay. Absolutely. Coming off what Joy was saying, that nowadays, even though you've probably seen it everywhere, people are having kids much younger nowadays. Kids having kids, basically. In middle school, even before you get to high school, so who are they going to for, like, those wisdoms, those advices on how to have, like, a proper relationship, you know, so it's, like, when you have that little young mentality that's, like, first of all, like you were saying, it's still been going on for years, but now it's just so fast-paced, and everything now is, like, social media now and stuff. When that video came out with her, um, I don't know if you guys saw it, like, on Instagrams on Facebook, when they were just showing, like, the different angles where she could have, like, Tripped in the freezer and stuff, and everything. People in the comment section kept on saying it was mostly guys on there for the most part. That was pretty much just saying, like, well, you know, that's her fault. She put herself in that girl's this, this, this." you know. And I'm just reading this, I'm like, but none of y'all have really like said anything like positive towards her, her family, no, nothing, you know. So it's just like those morals and stuff that we expect to like put into our kids and stuff so they can go into the future and like handle themselves for their own kids. It's not really there right now, you know? Right. So it's like, going from what Maya was saying, like, not really solely having music as the scapegoat, you know? Mm-hmm. You can kind of put that back into the 90s and stuff. There was times where people was like, hey, let's blame NWA and stuff. Let's blame um, Deaf Row and stuff for this type of lyrics in the streets and stuff. But it's not like, at the same time, if you're the parent and you're in that house and your child's listening to this music, are you sitting there talking with your child about what they're listening to? Or are you just sitting there like, okay, you're gonna do C D, go take it from there, now leave me alone? You know? So it's kinda like, what are you doing with your part? You feel me? So it's like we need to have that little discussion still. Not yeah. just like, hey, take it from here and move on. Right.
0: Know? And um, I uh, and I do agree with my was saying like it does depend on like how you're raised because it's like even with kids nowadays it's kinda like they like, kind of repeat what they hear, like, kind of repeat what they mm-hmm. see. And so if, like, you know, if, you're, like, your kid's, like, sitting there and, like, he sees dad, his mom, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, he'll grow up thinking that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, like, repeat the same actions, right. you know? And it's kind of like you just have to, like, be careful and have, like, those sit-down talks with right. your kids and, like, be like, hey, this is not cool, like, right. don't do this and, like, stuff like that to, like, kind of get them on the right track. You
3: know, like, what this to be, like, normal. In-house. Right. Yeah. I would say that um, I don't think music directly... Affects it. I would. I would think it's definitely a factor. I also think that it's kind of reflective of the attitude that's currently in like the community, if that makes sense. It's okay. so not mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the people are affected by the music, but the music is affected by the attitudes of the people. Like almost kind of like a cycle, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like okay, it yeah. being one of the factors that attributes that contributes to violence against women. Right. Um, I definitely think other forms of media too. Um, I can't think of like a specific example now. Um, but I definitely there's definitely movies where you can see kind of like things that are kind of take a little bit over the edge. But people will say, Oh, it's for the sake of like art. You can't really um,
1: criticize it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
3: like I, it's definitely something that you can have a discussion about. Yeah. The only like movie that comes to mind right now is Belly. Yeah. Belly? Belly. Has Nas in it. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Who Yeah, it? but there's just a few. There's multiple scenes in there where, like, the male like spouse is hitting. Right. Mm-hmm. I forget what's her name in the first scene. Um, she was like the completely blue room. I forgot her name. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't think of it right it's now. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Sure. That's just one of like the instances I could think of. Mm-hmm.
4: But definitely that. um, I do agree that it's not the main thing, but it's definitely a contributing factor. And I do see little kids singing future, um, teenagers singing that. And especially at the teenage age, I feel like there is a connection to those lyrics and the way they feel about women. Mm -hmm. Because you can see it in the way that they treat women, the way that they interact. But I'm not going to just put that all on guys because, I mean, I see women singing about, you know, whatever, I I use future as, like, an example, but whatever, like, objectifying lyrics, just because it is catchy, some of the lyrics, you know, they're even comical, if you think about it, Um, but I wonder, like Joy said, if we sit down and really, like, think about them and what they mean. Do we really agree with that? Is that really how we want men to feel about us? Is that really how we feel about ourselves? Um, So, I don't know. Mm. And another interesting point in talking about the defense of black women, because I know there's not really a lot of that going on as far as, you know, we're talking about lives, people's lives being lost, but even with smaller situations, I don't know if you guys had seen the interaction between Bill O'Reilly and, was it Maxine Waters?
2: Where he made fun
4: that. of her James Brown wig, no. as he called it.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And then after that, um, not after that, but it was around the same period of time, French Montana kind of going off on this girl on Twitter. I did see that. I mean, even- yes. I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> and what was interesting about that was there were all sorts of men that had kind of said, you know, offensive things about him, and this woman who didn't even say anything half as bad was the one that he really just decided to go in on the hardest. And then George Lopez making his um racially insensitive joke about we have two rules in our community, don't park your car In front of our house, and don't date, don't marry a black person. Mm -hmm. And this woman had like flipped him off, and he was just like, "Get the f out of here, B. You can't take a joke. Um, Get her the f out of my club Mm because she can't take a joke." And it was kind of like, okay, so there are black men in the crowd. You could have stood up in defense of her. You could have checked French Montana. You could have. I mean, there was a lot of outrage over the Maxine Waters thing coming from black women, but not black men. And so I'm kind of like, you know, when it comes to even simple stuff small stuff you guys don't speak up um i know my sister said that she had seen something on instagram about this girl who's talking about being like antagonized because of her features um, because of her hair and she had said that like i guess a white guy was talking about how her hair was hella nappy and fake and she was like yeah and there was a black guy there and rather than like come to her defense he's going to like pull off her ponytail and throw it in the trash and then kind of just like laugh at her so are you yeah like instances oh and i'm and again this is not to paint with a broad brush and be like all black men do this no that's not mm-hmm. what i'm saying i'm saying there are enough instances of this happening to where we need to like talk about it more how come instead of running to our defense you're the you help them. Yeah, you like, yeah. help them attack us. Like, right. I, I don't like it, and I don't know what's going on. I, I feel like black women are doing a better job of kind of being there for one another, and I know there's been a more recent debate on, you know, oh well, should we just kind of like, you know, leave black men by the wayside? I don't think that'll ever happen, just because to me, black women as a whole just seem too like down. For black men but I I wonder will that be their downfall because I mean as you're saying like the death toll is high just within like domestic relationships so we're literally losing our lives over this mm-hmm. to support you or to stand by you and I wonder when black women as a whole are kind of just going to give up I know at this point there is a lot of men who are just like, oh, well, you guys are just bitter, or you're just angry, or you're always trying to be negative. And I'm kind of like, I don't think that that's the case. I think that we're trying to make valid points and we're trying to be heard because black women do want to be with black men. Um, we feel like, you know, we do need you guys, but at the same time, at what, at what cost? You know, I think that black men should get worried when black women are no longer complaining. We just don't care anymore. Mm. Like, whatever. Like,
1: submissive, you, you know. know. Yeah. And right.
4: even that, this idea of like black We're not women need to be more enough. submissive, right. I want to just take sex out of it for a moment and think about yourself as an individual. If what you need from another person is for them to subjugate themselves, to make them lower than you, then you really need to evaluate how you feel about yourself. If you cannot stand for another person to be your equal or excelling in areas that you are not excelling. Mm -hmm. so It has nothing to do with, like, women need to be more like this, or men need to be more like this. No, you just need to be more comfortable with who you are as a person to not feel like anybody needs to submit to you. Right. But...
0: I mean, uh, I've, like, heard that, like, I've heard all of that before, kind of just, like, coming from, like, the angry black woman stereotype and, like, how black women aren't submissive enough, you know, to... They're men or black men. It's kind of just like, well, I'm not gonna submit to you. I mean, wh- why should I? <laughs> like, we're if we're okay. Like, if we're a couple, we're supposed to be equal. Like, we're in this together. I am not beneath you. I am not behind you. I'm beside you. And so I, I, therefore I do not feel like I need to submit to you. And so that kind of like that whole submissive thing, it's it's crazy because it's just like, that's not what it's supposed to be
3: i feel like a lot of that kind of attitude can be attributed to i guess gender roles in the black community because i don't know as far as like my experience with like your uncles and like i wouldn't necessarily say my father my my dad was pretty at least not as much as the rest of the men in my family um we're definitely kind of like pushing like a certain image that they believe a black man should be um and i feel as though that comes from like this history of being kind of, I don't know the word, um, like taking away your manhood, I guess. A lot of people have that idea. Masculinity. (laughs) From from, like others. Um, And I think that's something that should be addressed. Um, I can definitely see like the, I guess, results of that after like, as far as like um, LGBT people within the black community as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so kind of just like kind of um like putting your pride aside.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I wanted to talk about that too. Um, I know that a lot of people say that what you were talking about just emasculating black men being emasculated like through history, and how black women should not necessarily blame black men for how they are, what they're doing today because of our past or our history. But I wanted to know what you guys felt about this idea that we're supposed to just kind of be complacent or say, okay, because of what happened prior to slavery. So I kind of feel like, okay, all roads lead to slavery, but what are you doing about that now? Because if you're waiting for somebody else to fix your problems, you're going to be waiting for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people, I was just speaking to a friend today about you know how people kind of just become woke or conscious, you, I would say that the world hasn't changed if, because a a lot of black women are kind of starting to embrace like their natural features, their natural hair, everything, and I think that even that takes a process, you have to decide that you don't care, you have to decide that you're not going to let the mentality of years past define what you're going to do today. Um, they go out into the world, and yeah, they might lose out on a job or they might um not have the the same friends that they did, but they're making a conscious decision to move forward with their lives despite that. so I wonder if black men and some black women too are using the idea that, oh, because slavery happened or oh because there's you know systemic oppression we this is just our lot in life and You know, we're going to continue to talk about this in circles, but not actually do anything to clean up the mess. That yes, somebody else made this mess, but it's still a mess in our house, and we have to clean it up. So, are we going to clean it up, or are going to wait for somebody else to come in and clean it up for us?
3: This Mm -hmm. is specifically talking about the um, masculinity that specific subject, or just in general, like all. You
4: could like spread it out, Mm -hmm. but to keep it focused, I guess, you know, not just masculinity, but how there's kind of just like this knee-jerk defense of like, okay, well, if you want to know why black men are like this, it's because this, this, and that, and it's kind of like, okay, all roads point to slavery, like, we we didn't create this problem, but we have this right. problem, like, okay, I get it. I'll concede to that. I understand you didn't create this problem, but right. it's a problem, and it's a problem that we have as a community, and nobody's going to fix this for us. If you're waiting on white people to come in and fix it for us, they've already given us a big fat FU in the form of the system that we have to maneuver in today. So I think we really have to take it upon ourselves to say, yeah, we didn't do it, but this is what we're left with. And now we kind of have to like check one another.
3: Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people are like purposely being like willfully ignorant. Like, I feel as though just respecting black women and being behind those causes is a very easy thing to do. But I don't think a lot of black men realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, not to like completely remove myself from that because like, I've obviously there's been periods of my time where I've said like, stupid things. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think it's something that shouldn't be that hard to do for a person. I don't know why, I don't have, like, an explanation as far as, like, why people are so helping or having the same opinion instead of, like, actually researching and looking into things themselves.
4: Right. right. I think it's, speaking to that, I think it's hard for people to recognize that I might have an issue. I know for years it was hard for me to, like, accept my blackness and appreciate it. Um, and I'm still doing the work but prior to that I had to recognize that I had an issue first of all and I know I would become defensive when people would be like well you're ignorant or you're this or you're that and I'm just kind of like no like you're this Like Mm -hmm. it was very hard for me to look within and recognize that and I and I think that getting behind those causes for black men would mean recognizing that maybe they are proponents of a patriarchal system. Maybe they are perpetuating misogyny. Maybe they should try to support their counterparts better. Um.
1: I'd say definitely, you want, in a sense, you may want to just start off with just like, come from the male's perspective, start off with like a micro level of just conversation. Like we know like the vast history of how it has been for black and black relationships, But for those that can specifically fix what's in their own household, you know, like if you're in that domestic situation or you're in an abusive relationship, whatever, fix within your own damn house first and then move on and tell somebody else how they should fix their problem too, you know, because it's kind of like, like you're saying, it's like, it's going to be a long journey for this, you know. But at the same time, handle what's going on with your own situation first. Now, if you're one of those that still can't up to or just check yourself at the door knowing doggone well you are contributing to this type of negativity, there's something is wrong with that person, specifically the dude in this in this situation, you know? So from my perspective, it's like, well, I'll just say this. Going back to that, since we're seeing this coming up a lot, do you think we should have a conversation with the kids or, like, teenagers, or is this like a couch discussion? Like, where, where, where should be the point where we need to put this out? Like, hey, you know, we need to stop this, because you keep doing this.
4: Well, at the, at the at the ch- uh childhood like as early as mm-hmm. you possibly can absolutely but even for because I don't want it to, to be again like this is not all black men mm-hmm. but for the black men that know and they're woke and they see these things it doesn't take much to speak up it doesn't take much to tell your fellow black men hey like educate him mm-hmm. or let him know I feel like we really just need to start condemning this as a group too much even if it isn't our opinion we might just sit there passively and not say anything saying something goes a long way condemning someone condemning sounds so bad but telling someone about their behavior goes a long way Mm -hmm. so I mean even if you could do that like you see another black person making fun of or putting down a black woman or I don't know maybe you're that friend at the party who's homeboy is like trying to get at this girl who he clearly sees as drunk you could step in and do something
1: Mm -hmm. definitely definitely on the side I don't know if you guys saw in the news with um the quarterback for the Panthers Cam Newton he got in a little issue recently with a female reporter Mm -hmm. and she was just asking like a basic question like so how'd you feel about you know Dave Punches on that route and as soon as she said route he kind of smirked there and like it's funny to see a female talk about Mm -hmm. routes like that like Like, it's just funny to him, you know? So, right then and there, where are you getting that type of mentality to look down on somebody, specifically a woman in this case, as to just like downplay like that just because of who she is, you know? And that was her profession. You know, she, this particular reporter had her own little issues, but for that very first mindset, you know. I saw that too. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But at the same time, it's like just that initial ask, before you even knew who she was, you were already thinking, like, here's a woman asking about routes and stuff. What did she ask me about this? You know, so how did he even come to that particular, like, mindset to think of somebody like that, you know?
3: So. I just think, um, that's what was, I mean, obviously that's within the black community, but that's within as a whole, like, everyone. I think Mm -hmm. you're in a kind of, like, a Mm patriarchal society anyways. Mm -hmm. So we always kind of have that mindset. Yeah, I think,
4: I think this has been a good discussion. It's been... Um, a good initiative conversation to get kind of like the ball rolling and get people thinking about these issues. Um, Again, this isn't to create a divide, like even if I have a problem within my own family, it's hard to have those conversations, but because I want us to become closer as a family, I try to take it upon myself to bring those things up Um, and just kind of like symbolically looking at the greater black community as a family. Like our family has a problem and we should probably try to address it so that we can become closer
1: and move forward. No doubt. And definitely it's like the truth is gonna hurt. So if I'm having a conversation mm-hmm. with you knowing that this needs to be fixed, don't take it hard way. I'm just trying to fix it for us, you know, make this better in the family household, you know? Cause if we don't have these conversations, then we're gonna be sitting around doing the exact same stuff again, and again too. Unfortunately, another situation happens when somebody, a black woman, murdered in the streets or something. When are we gonna have these discussions? Discussions. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it has to happen at some point.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all kind of like about kind of like taking baby steps and kind of like working your way up. Right. I mean, like don't have to, like do too much too fast or it'll get like really hectic. But like, mm-hmm. at least take the time out to like kind of like initiate it and like you know like actually kind of like make step towards it and make it happen like a point where it's like it does go a long way like you have other people kind of leading like their friends and their family members like to have it like a bigger like whole and like wholesome group and kind of just like working it
5: out
2: I definitely think it does start from like well like you need to start from within and like how you were saying with how Daryl was saying with the different ages like start from when you're a child because when you're a child you're you I don't think people realize how much your children really pick up off you from such a young age and giving them that information, then as they grow up, they can also influence their influence their um, their peers, like in school and stuff. Because I know personally, I probably believed a lot of the things that my friends would tell me when I was younger. I don't remember anything specifically now, but I mean, you really learn from other peop- from what other people tell you and stuff too. Any other
3: thoughts? My thoughts.
0: Well, um, this was a great discussion. We hope you all enjoyed it. Again, thank you for tuning in for the episode for Black at Stand podcast.
2: And we have a BSU meeting this Wednesday, October 11th in MSR 130 at 7.30 p.m. We're watching a movie this week, Tales in the Hood. So bring some pajamas and a blanket and some snacks and have fun with us. Yeah.